Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Dave Baker. This is It's Pronounced Zine. And on this episode, we're going to be doing a Shitty Watchmen roundtable. If you don't know what Shitty Watchmen is, it's the book that me and 10 other cartoonists put together where we took Watchmen and we redrew it page for page, except really shitty. On this episode, I am accompanied by Chuck Kerr, Emily Vo, and Colby Bluth. Here comes Dave Baker with the show, talking about paper publications you should know. Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene, don't be getting twisted. Twisted. It's pronounced zing. Zing, zing, zing. 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 Uh, I say this in the beginning of every episode. Do you guys would like to wear this? You can. Uh huh. What? Put it here you? so you can hear yourself, uh-huh. so that you know when you're far far away from the mic or not. I usually don't. Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. See, pull pull your mic closer. Oh, okay. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Give me those sultry tones. Mm. Yeah, girl. <laughs> don't you mean? Herm. 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 There you go. <laughs> We're all just herming it up in here. It's like Coke in little green glass bottles. They don't make it anymore. <laughs> Nobody liked my joke on the Facebook Messenger because it was like... Oh, I didn't read it. So Ra- Rachel was like, I can't go. And then Robert was like, I can't go. And I was like, someone trying to stop us. <laughs> the Russians must investigate. <laughs> that was hilarious. And yeah, like, I think that it wasn't funny because people's cars were breaking. And they were like, fuck you, Chuck. Stop making jokes. My car's See, broken. Yeah, was it Robert? Right. Yeah, Robert's oh, car. So I'm yeah. a jerk. Is basically, I'm just, all right. I'm yeah, fine. basically. I'm sorry. Um, so this is the Shitty Watchmen Roundtable. Hey. Uh, yeah, if you guys maybe want to go around and introduce yourselves, I feel like everybody knows who I am. Uh, I'll start. Um, my name's Emily. Um, I participated in this thing and <laughs> with uh, 11 other people. Yay. <laughs> uh, my name's Chuck Kerr. I'm, uh, I run Meltology here at Meltdown Comics, which is a monthly... Comics Jam, Collaborative Zine Night, every third Tuesday. And I also uh, worked on Shitty Watchmen. And uh, I'm Colby Bluth, and I'm one of the artists on Shitty Watchmen, and I also helped put the book together. And by helped, you mean literally just put the book together. You did all of the work. (laughs) All the binding. Yes. Such an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. The book would not exist without you. Period. Um, Yeah, so uh, today... Our good friend, apparently, Patton fucking Oswald, saw the book and tweeted about it, and a bunch of people have been sending it to me. Have people been reaching out to you guys over it? Um, n- no. Nobody reached out to me specifically, except I just, you know, on the the group Watchmen watch group chat, group watch. <laughs> yeah, we have, um, a, we have a shitty Watchmen group t- text. Crime, where crime we all, busters. Yeah, yeah, where we all talk to each other. Yeah. Neighborhood yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, <laughs> Minutemen. The Minutemen yeah. te- uh, te- group text. Yeah, yeah. we uh, that blew up today. That was yeah. pretty fun. 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun. It's a really surreal, funny thing. Like, do you want to talk about how it, what it is and how it came to be and all this stuff? Should I do that? I don't know. I feel like I'm always, I've, uh, part of me is like, I'm kind of the de facto shitty watchman in chief, so I kind of do all the talking. And then part of me is like, yeah, but normally I'm the one talking, so maybe you guys talk this time because I want everybody to get credit equally. Like, we all did this together. That's true. I guess we can talk but about, the- like, why we decided to jump on the project? I still don't know. <laughs> I, don't I wasn't know. doing anything better. It with was my late life. night at a party. I think <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a mm-hmm. bad idea that was actually followed up on. Yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. at uh, our f- mutual friend Jamie's house. Uh, was it somebody's birthday? Or New Year's? I'm gonna guess New Year's. New I think Year's. it was New yeah, Year's. It was yeah, New Year's. yeah. So it was New Year's, and a couple weeks prior to that, Nicole had just read. Uh, Watchmen for the first time and was talking about how Hi Nicole Hi Nicole yeah. <laughs> the obligatory shout out of like <laughs> I make comics with Nicole she's really good she's pretty good she's alright or whatever or she's whatever. amazing she's so good hey she's alright she's, she's so, so good so good um, so uh, you know she had just read Watchmen uh, a couple weeks previous and we had been talking about the book and how amazing it is and specifically how amazing Dave Gibbons compositions are and then at the party, it became this running gag of how even if you, we, we had redrawn the book terrible, it would still communicate what it is because his mm-hmm. compositions are so strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's Also swag. I feel like you were... I, there's a hidden swag in the book. Is there? Oh, yeah. You gotta, I'm not going to tell you where it is. <laughs> yeah, at, at the party, you just kept saying that every word balloon should be replaced with swag. And well, that's, because, like... of, that's <laughs> because I, was, I had just introduced somebody to Lil B. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, every new person, I'm like, oh, you don't know Little B? You don't know the song Ellen DeGeneres? Let me play it for you. It's kind of the best song ever recorded. <laughs> so, are you are you fist pumping Aristotle because you like Little B? Okay, he's you're doing a he's throwing his hands up in in some other expression of confusion. Little B though, Ellen DeGeneres, great song, swag, so good, <laughs> takes me back to my youth. <laughs> Soda fountains and, and I just I just have a visual memory of you in the party miming uh, Blake mowing down Viet Cong with that <laughs> flamethrower yelling swag. See, all right, that's 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 my memory of the party <laughs> with swag, swag, and I was like Chuck, but those Viet Cong people are humans, and you were like swag, swag. See this, and again, when I earlier was like, why did you? Do-? I don't remember why I got involved in this, but I was there. And I said I would do it. And then I got a follow-up like, hey, so we're doing this? And I was like, yeah, what? Okay, we're doing this. I was like, um, yeah, you know, it was a good party. Good party. Yeah, good party. And mm-hmm. uh, then a couple weeks later, I, I kind of sent frantic text messages to everyone and was like, hey, we're going to yeah. do this. And you want to do this? <laughs> and then maybe a couple weeks later, two weeks later, three weeks later. I uh, think it was just two weeks. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fast. It all fast. happened pretty fast, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so two weeks later, then we went to Malachi Ward, uh, mm-hmm. his studio. Um, if you haven't read Ancestor, you should. I just read it. Isn't it great? It's very good. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Matt Sheenan make a book about, I don't even know how to, this, the end of human existence, but through the internet, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's amazing. It went places I was not thinking it was going to go. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. No spoilers. Real yeah. cool book. <laughs> real, real cool book. It's on Image Comics. Yeah, is that right? yeah. yeah. The little indie, little indie label right. called Image Comics. Cool book. Yeah. Cool dudes. Um, and we all know each other through Meltology. Right? Yeah. 
Oh no, I'm, Emily, I know you. Yeah, from Long Beach Zine Fest, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I was like drawing shitty comics then too, <laughs> as we all still are. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, dude, that girl draws like shit. I should get her on this project." <laughs> oh no. That was basically what it was, and then a beautiful friendship formed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Uh, who draws the shittiest?" Mm, what's up, yeah, Emily? What's up? what's up? What's up, Emily? <laughs> Which is not true. She's being self-deprecating. She's amazing. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Swag. 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 Um, what was the first time you guys read Watchmen? Uh, boy, I, I don't recall. Not when it came Colby's, out. Colby's never it read was, it. Yeah. No, it was probably in the late 80s, early 90s. I think I, I probably borrowed it from the library. Mm. Uh, it was probably, especially at that time, one of the few graphic novels or any type of comic book that they would have had. Right. And... Uh, I think the book probably even smelled a bit funky, which probably just added to <laughs> yeah, the of course. atmosphere of Watchmen. And uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It really smells like alien invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the end. Yeah. It smells like Rorschach's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this smell like beans? <laughs> Human beans. Anyway, never mind. Human beans. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. Kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It smells like kidneys. Um, yeah, what about you, Emily? What was the first time you read it? Or, or how did you encounter it? Um, well, I'm a part of that generation that saw the Zack Snyder movie first. Mm, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's, I know, right? That's the, no, it's actually not an adaptation of Watchmen. It's an adaptation of shitty Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, did anyone else look at the, the replies to yeah, Patton Oswalt today? They were funny. all about Zack Snyder yeah, and how shitty that movie is, were, which is awesome. Some really sick burns funny. in there. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. But no, yeah. So I watched the movie and I was like, wow, these characters have so much potential. I wonder what the source was. <laughs> and that's how I read These characters probably it. have more than just the one dimension. <laughs> I wonder. I was like, wow, this is like kind of a nightmare, but for some reason I dig it. So I like read the book instead. And, you know, Good. <laughs> surprise, I like the book way better than the fucking movie. Good. Yeah. But yeah, you're, that was you're me. <laughs> a woman of consummate taste. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I read it in junior high. Mm. So most of it went over my head, probably. Um, like, when I say most of it, I mean, like, the actual, like, incredibly high level of craft and artistry and technique and just literary wow stuff that they're doing mm -hmm. constantly on yeah. every page. Mm -hmm. At first, it was like, wow, what a cool murder mystery with a really <laughs> weird twist. And then it was like, oh, just you know. Then it was like, oh, what a this is a comment on superheroes and and like comic books itself. Like they're using the form to comment on the form. Oh, that's interesting. And then it's like every other thing that that it is so many things. It's kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, junior high that would have been it. I, I think I would have picked it up at a Walden Books. Uh, I got the cover that had. Uh, the broken window with the blood and the smiley face sort of falling in the distance, which I don't have anymore because I lent it to someone, and it's gone forever. Damn I, you, that someone. That bums, yeah, bums yeah. me out, yeah. I have my copy. I, I picked up a copy. I was in London, and I went to Forbidden Planet for the first time, which is an amazing meltdown-like store in London. And they had a signed copy by Dave Gibbons, signed by Dave Gibbons. And I wasn't going to buy it and then before I left I was like I need this I need to buy this and I'm glad I did because now that's the book that I have because I don't know what happened to the other one <laughs> um, but but yeah 
I read it first in freshman year of high school, I think. Uh, and same thing as you were. Like, I kind of didn't get it. I was like, this is cool, I guess. I don't understand why everyone's losing their shit over it. And then I got to the end, and the ending is what, I, what like, kind of congealed the whole story. But mm-hmm. I still didn't understand the formal side of, you know, the nine, using the nine-panel grid and the visual motifs that are recurring and the, the visual commentaries on society and on the comic book medium mm-hmm. itself. Like, I didn't get any of that stuff until I read it towards the end of high school or college or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, like, the... Because I, I read Watchmen pretty young, too. So around around that time, like, high school. And I remember opening it for the first time and then just, like, you know, kind of, like, flipping through it, like, mm-hmm. like an animation book. And I was, the nine-panel grid was the first... That was the first time I saw, like, the nine-panel grid. And mm. I was like, oh... There's, like, not really a lot of moving things in here. But then, you know, because then I was, like, a high schooler, mm-hmm. and my attention span was just so short. And I was just like, oh, where's the sparkly stuff? Where's, like, the cool <laughs> stuff? Where's the like, splash page? I know. This doesn't <laughs> so full I totally bleed get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't even full bleed. <laughs> yeah. I will admit, I don't even think I read the interstitials until my second or third time mm-hmm. trying to read the whole thing. I think mm-hmm. the first time I think I just read the comic parts. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then you read the interstitials later and you're like, you know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. I didn't no, read it yeah. like a like a, a book. I kind of treated it like a trade paperback. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they threw all these extras in there. Yeah. Except the extras are a vital part of the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, so it's like, you know, they weren't special features like a DVD. It was it was like this is. And there's actual narrative yeah. threads that go through those. Yeah, and totally. And pay off at the end. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like the the any of the Night Owl one stuff means so much less if you haven't read the first three chapters of Under the Hood. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you get to his whole everything backstory, everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's so when you know spoilers, what happens to him happens to him. It, it feels a lot worse. Yeah, um, I can actually remember that was one of the first times reading a comic made me feel like like gross. Like mm-hmm. I what like I'd watch something horrible. Mm-hmm. And it, it like gave me like this emotional sick feeling in my stomach, yeah. like mm-hmm. ugh, this guy was so like cool and decent, and then you know, well, I, I remember spoilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember I, it might have even been at that party. You and I were talking about Watchmen and how amazing everything about it is, and how it's like, oh no, it was later because it was I had said something on Facebook that was like I'd been reading a bunch of these Alan Moore interviews, and he had said that no comic that had been put out since Watchmen had come even close to being as good and I don't necessarily agree with that but I do think that nothing that's been put out since has come close to being as complex mm-hmm. and being good and complex are not the same thing but I can't think of anything that's come out that is as complex as Watchmen and you and I were talking about that Chuck and mm-hmm. you had said something about how it was the first time that you really connected something because it was well executed and then you read other comics and you're like why isn't this as yeah, well done. Pretty much, it kind of ruined comics for me for a little bit. <laughs> like it, I, I didn't that. ruin them, but it. All you see, or you start to just see, like uh, everything starts to like, like you know, you could be a really fast runner, and then Usain Bolt's like, whatever, psh, he's he, you know yeah. running faster than everyone, and you're not that fast anymore. Yeah. So you could be like, you know, even the comics that I loved, and then you read you know, Usain Bolt, and it's like, all right, well, now everything looks really slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of how it is. Yeah. And that's not a knock on any particular books. It's just kind of, that's just how good it is. It's like, all right, well, 
is no one going to come and try something? I mean, to be honest, though, the other thing, too, I think stylistically it was so specific that anybody who tries to do that now is just like, oh, you're trying to, you know, it's very Watchmanesque. Like, it's been done. You mm-hmm. did it. So that maybe somebody's going to try to find some other fork off the river to, like, navigate and make their own kind of Like shitty Watchmen. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, it's like a muddy, it's a muddy creek we with rocks. the entire other end of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah we're like, what if we just made, <laughs> what if we just made the worst possible version of the best comic ever? Right. We're just paddling upstream. I know. <laughs> just like, go. Well, it's crazy because it's not just, you know, the liter, you know, the written subtext, you know, that Alan Moore has put in there, but also the visual subtext, which I don't know was, if that was partially planned out by Moore. Um, but I, also, it, yeah. even if it was planned out by him, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of it was, mm-hmm. yeah. executing that sure. is, it's in, that's insane. Yeah, it, it's a beautifully illustrated book. I, I, it almost just seems like it's from another era when maybe you were paid better or something. I just can't imagine somebody... Yeah. Putting in or you effort. imagine the rights are going to revert back to you after yeah. uh, a certain amount of time. <laughs> if that was even a motivation, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it I absolutely it, yeah. was. Because oh, yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, it's it is, yeah. I, I think it's probably so, Chuck, top you made a you made an illusion right there. Um, <laughs> what 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 was that illusion to? Do do Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons not own the rights to Watchmen? They don't. Oh, Dave. <laughs> uh, but I but it's work for DC, so I just assume that it's a work for hire book. Uh, you'll probably be able to correct me if I'm wrong. However, I'm pretty sure that, you know, there was a, it was a sort of new contract Mm -hmm. that stated that, you know, once Watchmen went out of print, the rights would revert back to Mr. Moore and Mr. Gibbons. And, um, DC had no intention of ever putting that book out of print. Therefore, some 30 odd years later, it's still in print. There are films, there's ancillary comics that, they also said they would never put out, but they have. And now the Watchmen are coming back in some shape or form into regular old whatever comics. Yeah, uh, the DC Universe, yeah. Therefore, you know, is besmirch the word? <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the reputation, the, the, uh, the legacy heavily besmirched. Uh, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, I, I don't know. It's like you wouldn't, you know... I keep thinking about, like, it would be like if somebody wrote a book like, like okay, somebody's like, you know, I really want to explore the, the Catcher in the Rye universe and uh, make <laughs> what a if book. We made, what if we made a book you know, about like, what if, Holden Caulfield as an embryo? <laughs> right. Or what if we made, you know, all right, check it out. It's Holden Caulfield as an old man. It's an old man Holden, and he's, you know, still, is he still cranky and weird? I don't know. Is everyone still a phony? I don't know, but I'm gonna, you know, it's not like it's it's a book. It's like called it's holding on, yeah. holding on. So it's it's like you know, it's not a, it's not. A, it's weird because it's it is a it is a product technically, but it's not like it's not. You know, it feels like one of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Like you wouldn't just spin it off. Like mm-hmm. like you wouldn't spin off a novel. Like you wouldn't. Make well, I guess they did make To Kill a Mockingbird too. Never mind. So we're in a generation uh, of like spin-offs. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. It's it's just gonna keep happening. Yeah, it's, so it's weird. You know, I don't know. Nothing sacred. Everyone give up. I don't know. It's just guys. Citizen Kane two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> there you go. Just saying. If you do any of them well, that's all that matters, and they're generally never done well. No, ever. No, no, um, but it's but it's like, uh, but it's also different too because we're talking about things that are like. 
not owned by the like for specifically movies like John Carpenter doesn't own Halloween so he doesn't uh, granted he didn't want any of those mo- movies to be made yeah. but he went in and was paid handsomely for doing the book that or doing the movie that, and then it was this weird overnight success right sure. or not overnight but you know what I mean yeah whereas the Watchmen thing was like hey John Carpenter you're gonna own Halloween actually you won't own Halloween and we're gonna make seven sequels <laughs> without your consent go yeah. fuck yourself it's definitely weird it's it's one of those like um, you know cause again like when I think of Watchmen I think of you know besides shitty Watchmen which is awesome there's uh, <laughs> which you can find now <laughs> on the internet you can't separate Dave Gibbons or Alan Moore from it to yeah. me, in my eyes, yeah. in my head, yeah. Yeah. you know, they all—all all those characters look exactly the way Gibbons draws them. Mm-hmm. If someone else draws them, they don't look right. They're mm-hmm. not correct. If you change the outfit of somebody, no, that doesn't work either. Uh, It's—I don't care how good who drew them. Uh, Andy Kubert, did he do one? No, uh, I don't it was, know. There was guys. a couple. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. People. Yeah. Very good artists, uh, great artists, but you know, just you're drawing them, and it's not, it's not your thing. I don't know. It's it's, I get it. It's probably tempting. Like somebody's like, "Hey, we're gonna do this, and you're gonna make a lot of money, and it's gonna get a lot of attention." And like, please do this. It's probably hard to turn down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I, considering yeah. sounds like shitty Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I totally feel like if you were to buy anything else aside from the two of them it just feels like you're buying a fan art book kind of oh no absolutely you know so that's why it feels kind of wrong so you might as well buy our fan art book. <laughs> because it's <laughs> a legitimate right not we love this series. it's made with love <laughs> for real though i mean that's i think in the multiversity interview i did i, I talked about how like we want to exalt this thing and pay tribute to it by reducing it to its worst possible circumstances <laughs> yeah. and it still works even yeah. in like filtered through the hands of seemingly incompetent nincompoops yeah. it's still fucking amazing yeah. like shitty watchman has its own unique layers it's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. yeah only because of the work that alan moore and specifically dave gibbons yeah. like for me that the two things that if someone were to be so kind as to read our book uh those are the two things that i would want them to get take away from it it's like that dave gibbons is just as important as alan moore even though he never gets talked about and that it's really unfortunate that DC is doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love DC Comics. Like, the reason I don't drink is because of Superman. Like, I love so much of the things that they stand for, which was, which is why it, it, this is so much more... Stood for, maybe? I don't... I think that's a longer conversation, but I don't think okay. it's... There have been, been multiple incarnations of DC that have been shitty. Yeah. Like, Mort Weisinger was a terrible human. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he was not nice. He was the Superman group editor for a long time. Got it. Um, he's the person who's responsible for Supergirl and Superboy and all the different sh- shades of uh, Kryptonite Cri- crypto. and Crypto and Bippo and Streaky and uh, <laughs> Streaky. I don't. I don't, streaky. I don't remember the horse's name. Um, uh, was it like it was Zeppo uh, and Gummo? Uh, <laughs> the horse's name was like uh, like Scout or something. So, right? I don't remember like the name. Dash. Sure, we'll go weird. with that. He sounds so awful. Yeah. They, were, they were really good though. They were I. They're some of my favorite comics, and specifically the Lois Lane comics are amazing. Granted, they're super misogynist. <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, but they're they're made with this weird crackling energy, and mm-hmm. I. I think they transcend the gender role trappings of their time, but that's just my opinion. 
Um, specifically, though, DC's been shitty. And so has Marvel. Marvel's been shitty at multiple points in history, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that these characters and the world that they've built over the last 70-something years is like a weird pinnacle to it's the weird pinnacle of storytelling where it's it's because it's corporately manufactured and corporately kept in this stasis of things can't really change it's like a giant brick wall that keeps getting built by generations upon generations and you get to see the ebb and flow of the type of bricks people use and how our morality changes and and how how we view what an idea of a hero is which goes back to our friend Zack Snyder where (laughs) his idea of a hero is like you can't be one which is so sad and shitty it really is Um, so I don't don't, this is all more or less a tangent I just mean this in terms of I'm disheartened by what DC is doing and specifically with the Watchmen right now but there will be a time when they do great things and the Watchmen legacy hopefully will just be like, man, that was a really dark hour. I can't believe they did that. Moving yeah. on. Can I? All right, here's a question. Because this thought's popped into my head, and maybe you guys have noticed this and maybe not. Mm-hmm. But it feels like um, something about our current situation as a, as a country. To uh, what are you referencing, Chuck? Oh, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. I have no idea. Yeah. These are know, the, yeah, this is recorded in Canada. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Trudeau's great. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's so handsome. Um, I think, well, okay, it just feels like Watchmen's back in the cultural zeitgeist oh, in a yeah, weird way. Oh, yeah, in a real weird way. And I, and because, like, you know, things like the Doomsday Clock is trending on Facebook. It's like, what? What? Like, all right, that's. I know what that means because of Watchmen, and uh, it's not good. No, nope. you know, yeah. uh, and that's like we're talking about the real one, not the not the one in the book. And it makes it's. It, it, I wonder. It, do you guys think that it's? Is it a, like a political culture thing that it's sort of? Is it like our 1984, but for for comics? Is it what? Is, how does it? The Why darkest aspects of the 80s are coming back along with all the other retro stuff. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like, to a certain degree, that disconnect is more apparent than ever. Mm. And so, um, you know, people are going back and they're, like, <laughs> looking through their real Watchmen. They're like, you know, this is so much more relevant now. Like, I, I mean, not as in, like, it wasn't back then, but I'm saying, like, there was kind of this... this like four years under Obama, what I, I feel like we were, we were, fi- we were fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh no, the world's burning down and th- there might be a real alien invas- invasion. If they are, they're like kidnapping people because Trump is such a terrible president. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. If anything, though, that, that makes me feel better that people are looking back at Watchmen because I feel like the reason we're in this situation specifically is that our cultural memory is so short. You know, it's like, pretty short. Like we, nobody that lives in the U.S. right now has was directly affected by the Holocaust. So it's really easy. Like I'm here because my family was being hunted, legitimately mm-hmm. <laughs> hunted, and so they came here. Um, and specifically, like, we're here because of Nazis. My dad, last time I was in Arizona, said the words to me, no, we shouldn't allow Syrian refugees in because they could be terrorists. Mm. And I was like, you, 
How hypocritical. You realize that I, as a human being, exist because of refugees. And just because those refugees are from a separate part of the... What? Like, yeah, what are you... The cognitive dissonance is very... It has to, the, the, to, to create this sort of feedback loop of, like, denial. And it's, yeah. it's a weird, weird, weird thing. Or even just the fact that, like, to a certain degree, hate is cool. You know, like I think that as long as it's ironic, I'm using I don't even I don't even think it's that (laughs) I think that there is a certain segment of society specifically that are straight white men who are looking for an identity and who see goose stepping Nazis and are like, that's a club I can belong to. And they don't have they don't see it as they don't see it as like people actually getting massacred. They just see it as like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a hat and it's going to be cool you know what i mean like i think that there's a genuine and then there's degrees of that too of people being like the mexicans are taking our jobs I'm like no they're not dude no they're not and then because you're afraid of losing employment or whatever you vote for somebody that maybe doesn't completely align with your social values and i yeah. think these are all all in watchmen like it's that weird us versus them the idea of compromise, the idea of never compromising, the well, greater Nixon's, good. Nixon's in the book and Nixon's yeah. on his third term. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's, you know, last time I checked in the Constitution, you can't have a third term in yeah. America. You can have two. But in this version, uh, the, the between Dr. Manhattan and the police riots and every other form of unrest that is, you know, screwing up the country, they're like, well, we need to have Nixon again. Mm-hmm. Which is such a, you know, and that guy was one of the worst presidents. I say one of because, you know, yeah. jury's out. Yeah. Jury's out on this new guy. So, like, that means that he was able to spin that into, you know, authoritarian control. Yeah. And I feel like that paranoia and that, which is something I didn't really understand when I was reading it as a kid. But now when I read it, I'm like, yeah, this is like every page has a punctuation mark on this like this feeling of like you they're coming to get you this yeah. if it's a mask killer if it's nuclear war russians everyone the, an alien gang members with yeah. top knots <laughs> an alien is going to crash land your rock concert and kill you like something bad is coming and you are in trouble and the superheroes can help you in fact, some of them actively hate you. Mm-hmm. They're like it's it's a super dark book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the ending is like, you know, what is the victory at the end? There's almost none. Global I mean, peace, but at what cost? But at what cost? Yeah. And um, you know, it ends at the perfect moment. And because other it doesn't answer that question. But yeah, it's like it's still that's like the, the you get the book is made up of tiny, tiny little panels. Until the end, when you get about, oh, eight p- solid pages mm-hmm. of just dead people. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. And uh, <laughs> yeah, edit, edit that out, Aristotle. <laughs> eight pages of puppies. Puppies upon puppies. Just a big old puppy pile. <laughs> so good. Anyway, it's just a, it's a whole thing. Uh, so basically, we're living in Watchmen right now. Yeah. And well, don't you think these themes are kind of just have always been there throughout human history and I think uh, maybe Watchmen especially for its time just really told that story very well and it still echoes with you know this current generation mm-hmm. what are we 30 years on from yeah. the original yeah. and it's, it's still relevant especially when viewed in context of the fact that so much of comics 
didn't deal with that on a nuts and bolts level. Like, sure, Jack Kirby, like, went over there and killed Nazis and came back and was like, I'm gonna make a book about killing Nazis. But it wasn't about the inner angst of yeah. Steve Rogers as he impaled yeah. someone on his shield. Yeah. It was like punching Hitler. It was a sure. popcorn version of that. Yeah. Yeah. And for Watchmen, the reason why it's still talked about is because it was created almost in direct opposition to everything else that existed within the industry at the time. Okay. Um, and I think that you... It, just the feat of getting it made as uncompromising as it is in the industry that existed in 1985 is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, that's that's something. Context is a big thing. Yeah, like the, the yeah. context in which, yeah. it, which it was created. That's something that's hard to put yourself in. It's mm-hmm. hard to put yourself in that mindset. Mm-hmm. I feel like when people watch, like you know, you go to Cinespia and people are watching old movies that, like a. You know, and they're laughing at like jo- they're not jokes. They're, yeah. You know, somebody says something. Like, ha, ha, yeah, you know, somebody says the reefer. Yeah, it's like you know, mm-hmm. you're not. It's it's a weird attitude of like trying to be like better than the yeah the thing you're enjoying. Mm-hmm. But Watchmen's better than everyone. It's not, <laughs> Which is what the thing. It's so funny. In the interview, there's a quote in the front of the book that says, um, and I'll read it right now. It says. And they'd got this new contract worked out, which meant that when the work went out of print, then the rights would revert back to us, which sounded like a really good deal, Alan Moore. Um, And that quote is from an interview that he gave maybe six or seven years ago. And in the interview, he was talking about specifically how DC came to him because DC had the... editorial foresight to be like you as an individual can take us into a new direction you can take us away from this stag- stagnant superhero culture into something else we don't even know what that is but you can do it what do you want to do and he you know obviously wanted to make this but i think that there's something to be said for if he hadn't been so poorly treated by them what else would we have gotten yeah that's yeah. a good point like would there would the industry would there have been not a second watchman in something like that but what if mm-hmm. he, did he want to do like his his next big project after this with big numbers which is like this weird book that nobody's ever read because it never got put into trade because it never finished and it's about gentrification in uh England when this strip mall gets uh is starting to be built and it was going to be a 12 issue maxi series um drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz two issues of it came out and Bill Sienkiewicz and Alan Moore had a huge falling out because Alan Moore made Bill Sienkiewicz redraw a, a splash page of a coffee cup five times <laughs> and he was like I don't I no fuck you no stop making me draw this coffee cup um so they had a huge falling out then Kevin Eastman uh the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co-creator tried to get it up again on its feet and he hired Al Columbia who was Bill Sienkiewicz's assistant at the time to finish the book they did a third issue, which then Al Columbia lost his mind and burned the entirety of the issue because he was like, you're, you're not hiring me to be Al Columbia. You're hiring me to be Bill Sienkiewicz Jr. I'm like, yeah, yes, literally. You're his assistant. We want you to draw like him so we can finish this book. And I wonder if that book or subsequent books that he would have done had they not been so steamrolled by DC – and given him this crazy paranoid, because he's a he legitimately is a paranoid person, um, and I think in some cases maybe unwell because of the paranoia. Um, like what what would what would have happened? 
Like, could we just treat people nice and just if if you let him have the rights to Watchmen, it's not like he was going to take it away. Or if he did, it would go somewhere else, and then that company would make a shitload of money. It's like, come on, I get it. It's a, com- a capitalistic commercials industry. I understand that you don't want to lose that money, but at the same time, there has to be some sense of vision of like, is the money that we're making off this worth less than the potential of reaping the benefits of an entire new genre that would have spawned off of because i mean vertigo was basically made to be the watchman factory like we're going to try and get another watchman we're going to make comics that aren't Mm -hmm. superhero stuff Mm -hmm. but imagine what would have happened if alan moore would have been working on those books and not that i don't think anybody can make anything as good as alan moore i think there are tons of people that can make amazing comics but at that period in time with that guy i i don't know man it's like there's only one Elvis. There's only one fucking the Beatles. I don't yeah. know. No, I think that's that's a really good point. I mean, it's kind of like um, it's like I was saying earlier. Like, do you do you make you know the, the artist is like no more books, no more you know. When I say the artist, I mean more and mm-hmm. Gibbons. You know, mm-hmm. they're like no more books. This is a self-contained one and done or twelve and done or whatever. Yeah, we've done done what we wanted to do, and then somebody's like, hey, we're gonna make more of those but different and not as good and um, without your any of your input. And it's like, that's so disrespectful. Well, it's, it's, it's also so unbelievably like, disrespectful. if he was cool with making it, then we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. Right. Like, if you read the original Amazing Fantasy 15 that Ditko did, it's crazy how dark that thing is. Like, his uncle, it's like eight pages, 15 pages. His uncle dies, he makes this costume, it's super dense, and like, if I read that, it would be so different at the time, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then they made an empire on that character. And I'm sure that there, that was the gut instinct of DC at the time, too, of like, we could make an empire on Rorschach. <laughs> Just make yeah. Rorschach comics forever. But like, yeah, but there's something to be said for we still talk about Citizen Kane. That's the greatest movie ever made because it's one movie. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. But I do kind of want to revisit the Citizen Kane universe, the, the Kaneverse. <laughs> I kind of want to know what's going on with I just like, his know, grandkids. Yeah, or, like does his grandkid love sleds too? Yeah. There was a movie about Xanadu. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's called Xanadu. Xanadu. Um, do you guys, uh, do you guys have a different opinion of Watchmen now that we've put this book out and people have reacted fairly positively to it? Like, were you anticipating this? Um, I didn't know what to anticipate. I mean, I'm just kind of new to the comics world, so I'm just along for the ride. Even just putting the book together was a personal, um, just, uh, just to see if I could do it. And especially because it's like three on over... 370 pages um, I just wanted to see if I could tackle it and get something that worked and I was just even surprised when our first copy showed up how good it looked for you know the method that we used to put it together so yeah um, I don't know what else to I mean the artwork it, and I'm curious what everybody else got out of it but just you know having to go over the originals uh, with such a you know with a magnifying glass you know when doing your my own copy of it uh was just neat to pick up on like all the coats how mm-hmm. interesting you know he draws these coats and everyone has these very similar like high collars and and uh that was kind of neat and even a lot like, of coats yeah a lot of coats a lot of coats i, I draw more coats now you know because do you really? of, yeah definitely 
Uh, I love them. And uh, I, I think another thing, you know, when I was putting the book together and I would look at, like, uh, the chapter I did uh, on the computer and there'd be small thumbnails of it, and I'm like, wow, I can see this still has a, a graphic design to it and it really works even you know looking like an inch tall yeah and uh i was really impressed and so that holds up even somebody as like kind of like a bad photocopier version and then reduced really small you know the basic you know spotting of blacks and layout of the of the panels is still very strong which uh is just so impressive yeah i think for me um because i like I like you, Colby. I'm sort of new to the comic world too, whereas where like I've been used to just doing comics, you know, like based on um, self-deprecation, not really writing stories. Um, and when I agreed to do the project, or like I hopped on the bandwagon, <laughs> <laughs> I notice i think we were talking about this at malachi studio too where um all the bodies are drawn like you can see full bodies per panel like if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know whereas you know i'm used to just either for my comics just drawing the face or you know just like (laughs) an entire panel is just the expression of the face like Mm -hmm. avoiding bodies in general (laughs) yeah but super close-ups yeah super close-ups yeah big fan um and you know i don't know drawing these uh like you know doing this this book it kind of made me look at myself as an illustrator and I don't know. I guess I'm I'm not that scared to do full bodies anymore. I mm. guess is what I'm saying. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I this is this was kind of a, a learning process for me too, doing everything. Hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of you know yes, it's high concept and yes, it's it's got a dumb name and hopefully <laughs> we'll hopefully we'll sell copies and whatnot. But also, I think that at the base level, like it's just all of us being like, we're going to study this. Yeah. This is a really big thing and we yeah. should all... Anybody that wants to improve their sequential art skills, just start with this and anything else that you think works really well and yeah. just, yeah. it's worth the effort. You, you yeah, get something real. out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope people aren't turned off by how serious we took this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for something like that's so silly, we did. I I took it really seriously. I I mean, you took it real seriously, man. You spotted the fuck out of those blacks. Well, because it yeah. was it was fascinating it looks, to it's me. So cool. Yeah. Um, just in general, like, because and this is a book I've been reading since I was in junior high. You know, there's little things that are in panels that I'd never, ever, ever, ever seen before. And they're there. They've been there forever. They've been there since the 80s. And I never, ever saw them. Um, just little stuff, like little symbolic illusions. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you saw, like, a happy face, I would, like, a smiley with the, the blood, I would text Dave. Like, I found one. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. 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 There's this, like, visual language and these motifs that aren't accidental at all. Everything's completely planned out. Um, even in my, I did chapter five and that's got some pirate stuff. That's pretty cool. And, you know, which I uh, didn't appreciate at first, but now I, you know, appreciate more. I mean, obviously it's all great, but, um, even just like, uh, so there's a scene where a shark attacks the pirate guy because of course, and the guy takes part of his ship and stabs, uh, stabs the shark in the left eye so that 
his, there's blood on the shark's left eye, mm-hmm. and it's mimicking the smiley face button. Mm-hmm. And then later, when the uh, I guess Ozymandias or his buddy or the tiger or whatever is calling the police to tell them where Rorschach is, and they say, "What are you saying, raw shark, raw shark?" And like the page before that, uh, the guy's eating raw shark, like mm-hmm. the pirate guy. Yeah. And it's like I I never seen that before. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I've read this book a lot of times. That's deep. And there's so many <laughs> yeah. little connections and. Yeah, for you me know, it was. It's nuts. For me it was, and I think you might have actually pointed out to me when I was drawing it is in the first issue when Rorschach goes into the bar and breaks that guy's fingers. The smoke on the ceiling of the bar is forming a smiley face with two lamps. The lamps are the eyes, mm-hmm. and there's like a r- cigarette ring that's yeah. making the smile for the smiley face. Like it's insane. It's in fucking sane. Yeah, I'm looking. Th- I'm like trying to find it, but yeah, it's 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 so weird. Um, I mean, it's not weird. It's actually it's no, just, it's, it's masterful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just and amazing. It, it, it honestly makes me really like reading the book makes me really excited to make nine panel grid comics. Like basically everything I've been doing <laughs> since we've been doing this project has just been like I'm going to put nine panel grids in everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and thankfully Nicole's into it too, so I keep writing these nine panel grids, and she's like, "Yeah, this is great." And then we could do this and this panel, and it'll be awesome. Nine panel grids forever. It's a pretty good Nicole. Thanks. Impression. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, do you guys do you guys have a preferred panel count for a page? Like, do you have like I really hate drawing long panels, so I always put six panels on a page. Or I don't know. No, I think for the work I'm doing, I I tend to condense more. Like, I want to fit more story onto one page. Mm-hmm. As I guess the feeling is. Someone owned this page. There would just be a, a lot going on. I think is maybe the thought behind it. But uh, yeah, and, it, and and then the opposite would be is ever you know if you go to a full page illustration, it really has impact. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't I don't think I really do anything. I like ver- you know some variation in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I do like four panels. Mm. I do. I like doing the four panel stories or like the illustrative approach where you have just just one page and it pretty much says it all like mm. I, i'm i don't really i mean i do talk a lot with the people that i'm close to but outside of that comfort zone i i don't really talk much and that's the same as like how i present myself to you know like the people viewing my work it's like saying very little but saying a lot at the same time kind mm-hmm. of so that's like Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I mean, as far as panel count, I, I'm not. I don't really have like a preference. I think the the interesting thing for me was, um, like, uh, here's the thing that I kept thinking of, and when I was drawing, like, I was looking at it, and I was going, I was kind of like stunned at how ridiculously complex even a small single panel out of nine was like it was that like you like the between the sense of place and the perspective every single detail was so like everything was basically perfect you know mm-hmm. everything everything's yeah, no formally perfect yeah. mm-hmm. everything's there so cutting those corners was very interesting because it's like all right well which corners do i cut here you mm-hmm. know i'm not i'm not doing a one for one reproduction i'm doing sort of my interpretation mm-hmm. based on 
you know, this photorealistic, let's call it photoreal. I mean, it's not. But yeah, it, yeah, you know, I know what you're saying. For, for comics, it's like. Yeah. On the comic spectrum. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. The only thing further is Alex Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's up, it's up there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely up there. So you have like, you know, so how do you pare it down? And then in doing that, there were little things that were happening that I started to feel like stylistically is like, oh, this feels good. Like this, the way I drew this sleeve or something, mm-hmm. or the way I drew this clothes wrinkle or the sharpness of this elbow, whatever, like mm-hmm. stuff like that starts to like, you start to do it and it starts to come out and it's like, oh, I, I would like to do more of that or something. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, Cause you have this amazing immaculate guide and then it's like, okay, how do I almost like if you had a life drawing class or something and you're like reinterpreting Something that's very, very real yeah. and detailed. Yeah, the minimal, the minimalization of everything. Yeah, yeah when you start to minim, yeah, and like you know, that was really fun. Like I had a really good time, just sort of like stripping something down and seeing, you know, yeah. what would come out of it. Yeah. Comics. I love comics. Guys. Are we gonna do another shitty something else? I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, we've kind of been talking about it a little bit in the the shitty Watchmen group text, in the Crime Busters group text. Do you guys have proclivities one way or another? I don't, you know, it's hard because there's not any other books that are kind of this good that fit this mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think it obviously is as good. But like, if we did Killing Joke uh, between the eleven of us that actually worked on this, I think. That book is around 44 pages or something mm-hmm. where we could maybe actually sit down for four hours, each take four pages and just be done in that, yeah. that moment. Yeah. Uh, that could be kind of fun. I don't think anything will ever be as difficult as the one we just did. I mean, yeah. No shit, right? I was, yeah, 28 pages <laughs> at least, yeah. uh, you know, per issue and then the cover and, and all that. I, I kind of would be curious to do, you know, some Alex Ross work just because it mm-hmm. isn't, it's not line work. Yeah. And I think he has strong design sense. So I think it would be fun to interpret, you know, and color down into like high contrast, you yeah, know, black yeah. and white mm-hmm. yeah. would be kind of fun. So, you know, mm. that's maybe a direction we could do or, or um, especially if somebody, you know, wants to do something I've never even read, I think would be fascinating. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We should take this live action and we should just do shitty Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's too many movies. <laughs> it's How his entire oeuvre. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, that being said, I don't hate the Dawn of the Dead remake. All right. It's oh, not, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah it's true. not that bad. I don't hate the Watchmen movie. Oh, wow. I find, I mean, I'm, I don't, it's nowhere great as an adaptation or anything, but I, I just don't hate it. I, I mean, I didn't go in like you're, you know, ruining, you know, this is sacrilege even making this, but... I'm just I'm mildly entertained by it, the pretty mm-hmm. colors, things like that. I, it has a weird soullessness to it. Yes, um, yeah. It has no point of view. Yeah, uh-huh. but in a weird way, that's kind of fascinating because it's so pretty, but it, it it's like not a veneer, but yeah, it's more it's like a shell yeah. of, of a film. Mm-hmm. But I can still get something out of that for what that is. Hmm. Um, I'm sure that's not the intention. It's the, no, it's most, it's yeah. the most reverent, least reverent thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, it really is. It's lavishly it's like, yeah, reverent. kind of. But only on a surface level. Yeah, exactly. But it yeah. means nothing. Two-dimensional. It has no... It's more two-dimensional than the than, copy. Than, than our, really, our shitty yeah. Watchmen. It yeah. really is his shitty Watchmen version of it because it is, I like the visuals. So and that's expensive. him hanging his... 
Yeah. Uh, but with none of the, he took none of the, I mean, just because you can copy what a panel looked like on, in camera, cool, you did it. I recognize that panel. That's the feeling I kept when, it, when I was watching it. I was going, oh, I, I recognize that panel. Oh, I recognize that panel. Oh, cool. Rorschach's a karate expert now. Oh, I recognize that panel. You know, like it was yeah. just like, mm-hmm. it was weird to watch that movie. I didn't love it, but I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I was just confused by it. It was like, why? Why? It's so funny. Last night I was watching uh, Spawn. Yeah. Live action <laughs> adaptation of Michael Jai White. <laughs> Michael Jai White, yeah. Uh, and it kind of felt, I mean, it's nowhere near as, I mean, I hate the Watchmen movie, like with a burning passion, but they put money into it. They tried their best. Their best is a weird, completely missing the point thing, but yeah. they tried. The, the Spawn movie is interesting to me on the same level where it. It reads or it watch. It feels like a Wikipedia article of somebody who had read Spawn. Like it's like Spawn abridged. Yeah, it's yeah. like all right. And then um, Al Simmons dies, and he loves his wife, and then he comes back, and he's a fucking hell demon thing. And I don't know. There's a gun, and then there's a little clown guy, and um, really bad special effects, and I don't know. Um, stuff. Stuff happens. Yeah. And like, there's no real three act structure to it. It's literally just those first six issues, kind of molded into two hours kinda it's really weird and there's no point of view it's all very it's it's like confrontationally 1997 like yeah. it hurts the amount of like corn that's in that oh. fucking movie <laughs> and that being said though i i like that movie more because it's so poorly executed and honestly because you can you can feel michael jai white really giving it his all He's a national treasure. He really is. And I don't feel like anybody in the Watchmen movie gave it their all. They were all like, I don't well, think they got that, it either. I don't know if that's... <laughs> no. Not See, the deeper meaning. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, that... There's parts of it. That, like, there's little things that'll happen in that movie that I go, almost. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, Patrick Wilson? So close. Almost mm-hmm. got it, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, I love that guy. He's a good actor. I'm not saying he's a bad actor but either. But I'm saying but... it's like, you know, they're just you're just dancing around it. You're like, almost there. Basically, every single problem with that movie is, like, the director. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. direction, the, the thing, okay, now you're going to do this. Like, and the, the reverence to the text when there's no way to be completely faithful to the text. You can't adapt. The, the closest you could maybe do is a 12-episode HBO miniseries, yeah, which, each... which might happen. Yeah, I keep hearing that. I keep that, hearing that, wow. too. Yeah, I don't want to. But I'm I'm like well, yeah, and again it's you know, it doesn't take away the actual book, and you know it doesn't it'll never replace anything. The closest to replacing the actual book is ours, Shitty Watchmen. Go <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just as shitty panel. as any right. other adaptation. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah but real. it's made yeah. with true love. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like there's, you know, I remember when I was. Like the trailers were very exciting, and I was like, maybe it'll be good. And I was looking at things, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's. It felt like it was going to be a comment on superhero movies, the way that well, I think they were the trying comic, to yeah. do that, but it just wasn't. No, it was just terrible. Yeah, and then you know, I, I was like, well, Jackie Earl Haley's looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, certain you know that wow, that looks exactly like Doctor Manhattan, like. There he is, and in, in weirdly Vietnam. though, weirdly too yeah. much like him, right? Like his eyes, where it's like he's got the Dave Gibbons eyelid things. Like yeah. that, that didn't make any sense in real life. 
No, not really. <laughs> not really. It's weird because it's like a a half-assed, full-assed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's right. like they they did like everything panel for panel, but it's like uh, <laughs> yeah, something's missing. It's because it's it's. I think Colby, did you say it where they they? It's all visually oriented, and but yeah. none of, none of the subtext yeah. is there, and none, none of the. Yeah. Actual, I don't remember one of us sent of it. Yeah. Yeah. The shell is well replicated, but yeah. there is nothing inside of it. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. It, it's it's eerie actually because yeah. it's. I don't know if I've seen anything that's that. Yeah. Visually, and it, it's visually strong because of the original book. Have you have uh, have you seen the the Psycho remake? The shot for shot. No, no, no. That's kind of how I feel about that. We're, except I think that's done on purpose. That like Gus Van Sant remade Psycho literally shot for shot, just with other actors as a means of saying like we should never do we this. should never yeah. do this. Okay. Yeah, I think I've never I've never been able to find him in an interview saying that. But that kind of so makes weird. Sense. Yeah. Because otherwise, why? I mean, I feel like there's there might be even a this feeling of. Um, you know, if somebody's going to do this, somebody's going to ruin it. I'm going to ruin it. I feel like that's. I even feel like that's a thing Zack Snyder he did. said. He did, yeah. Except he didn't say the word ruin. Yeah, he said adapt, but he yeah. meant ruin. Yeah, like yeah. we all know. Because it, 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 I think it was an interview with him where Zack Snyder was like, you know, yeah, I didn't want to do it, and like it can't be done. But then it kept coming up to me, and and, and they kept bringing it up, and it's like, well, if somebody's going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a step. Like, I'm going to make it my thing. Yeah. And I'm going to honor the book. And I'm going to... I love this book. Like, it's a weird... Yeah. <laughs> there was an interview with him from that time where he was like, the person before me that had it was Terry Gilliam. And all I could, like, think at night was that I needed to protect this movie from the <laughs> Terry Gilliams of the world. Right. And part of me is like, you know what? I actually kind of agree with you, sort of. Yeah. But also, Terry Gilliam on his worst day is 50 times the filmmaker that you are. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And it's almost like... More interesting film. Oh, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like if Zack Snyder was in love with, like, let's personify Watchmen's, like, this beautiful woman or something. And he's like, she's the most beautiful and the best. And then she's like, um, he's like, shh, shh, shh. I don't, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I just <laughs> yeah. want to look at you. Yeah, yeah. You're so beautiful. Put you on the pedestal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. so important. She's like, well, actually, uh, but, but, no. Yeah. Don't ruin this. Like, it's weird. It really is. Because yeah. uh, it's all the stuff it, it, when I, you see a trailer and you're like, wow, so much of it looks like the book. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Even Silk Spectre's costume is, you know, it makes sense for real life. It, it, I mean, kind of. Sort of. Paper mache Watchmen. It's like a pinata and we're just beating it to death looking for candy and there's nothing, <laughs> nothing in, in there. Nothing in there, yeah. Inside. Yeah. Whereas ours is the reverse. <laughs> it's like, and it, it's like it all of the... Has some soul to it somehow because <laughs> maybe we actually get it and that just affects it on a uh, metaphysical level or it's something it's like all stuff but no shell <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah, like yeah everywhere yeah but when you flip through it now i i, I was like ooh, what's that book and that just shows you how strong that original design is i mean it, it's you know i don't know that it looks strong to me i think it's also it's an interesting comment on what the book means to different people just based on the way that they reinterpret dave gibbons like I'm looking at Malachi's pages right now, and he did something really interesting where he kept, he just deleted the original Dave Gibbons artwork and redrew the panels, but kept Alan Moore's panel borders and, or not his panel borders, but kept the panel borders and Alan Moore's original dialogue and word balloons. And it's really weird. Like, and his feels completely, because his are like crappy drawings, but they're expressionistic and they communicate very well, uh, where mine are like almost 
like weird impressionist studies where mine, especially towards the end, mine's like, fuck it. <laughs> Yours are almost the loosest. Yeah, they really Certainly are. Certainly panel-wise. Oh, yeah. I know when I put it together, I'm yeah. going to keep it on the page. Yeah, mine, mine are just kind of like, fuck it, I'm moving through this as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And like what comes out, comes out. And some of it I think is actually really fun. And then some of it is ugh, ugh, real bad looking. But that's the point, right? Shitty yeah. Watchmen. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, it's not... You're not, we're not doing it to replace it. We're not doing it to say better than, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a different, we're saying it because we love it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. I mean, when you, when originally when you, somehow it was brought up to me, I thought, yes, this is a smart, this is a really funny, dumb, smart thing. <laughs> and I completely 100% understand what it's like to do it's like being a band and doing a cover song Mm -hmm. and you're not replacing the old song you're putting your touch on it you're putting your fingerprint on it and in a respectful way hopefully and that's nobody gets mad at a a band and you're not a cover band you're not a band that's not all you do is well what's the top 40 hit of the today and soullessly play formation or whatever and that's the it's just you you know you pick a song that you like and you're like that's the song we're going to cover that's something that uh, as a creator kind of gives me pause too because it would be really easy to just make an entire line of shitty books and go to conventions and make fuckloads of money yeah. which is not something I'm interested mm-hmm. in at all um, and th- I think the analogy of a cover band is really apropos because right now the industry is plagued with people that just draw Deadpool fan art and it bums me out yeah. like I don't, I have no qualms against it. If that's what you want to do, I just, it's not for me, man. I don't want to fucking do that shit. I think I just can't put myself in those shoes, mostly because, you know, if, like, where where's the self in it, I guess? Like, mm-hmm. what part of it is fulfilling? And I'm not saying that, I'm just saying, like, specifically doing the same, like, say like Deadpool like over and over again just like saying funny things or saying you know whatever for like it's Deadpool in a Mickey Mouse costume yeah it's like what what part you know where where is the line drawn where you're kind of just making it to make money oh yeah like if that if that's the case well especially like you do a lot of anime conventions yeah that is like there it's it's there's a lot of people at anime (laughs) conventions that make their entire booth just off of making insert random manga or fucking <laughs> I mean, anime I, thing. I, I, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's like, I do I do fan art of anime because <laughs> I fucking love anime. I love Japanese animation. But I never, I'm never, like, doing it, like, and some, a lot of, like, other artists, same, it's the same way where we're not doing it in the same style. We're putting it, our own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, kind of trying to communicate our love for something, you know, just like connecting with people or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, I think that's different from, you know, <laughs> drawing like other characters from other animes or other shows in like Dragon Ball Z style, like over and over and over again. It, there's like no voice to it, mm-hmm. I feel. And there, uh, it's more like, you know, for the other artists to think about, it's like, how can you find this fulfilling? It's like, well, it's also like, I mean, I get it on just a ones and zeros level. Like if you're trying to tour Mm -hmm. and you're trying to do conventions, I understand like I need to sell 50 Gundam prints (laughs) 
in order yeah. to fucking yeah, pay yeah, for yeah. this table. And no one's going to buy 50 prints of my original character or my, you know, mm-hmm. six-page comic. Like, I need to make the money. Yeah. So on, on that level, I, I understand the necessity of it, but I don't know, man. We're, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this for a while. I, I don't sell fan art. You, it can be done. Well, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I mean, I sell both. <laughs> no, and I'm I think a lot like, of people you know. <laughs> a lot of people do. A lot of people yeah. use it, too, as a means of, like, they put their giant, you know, um, Darth Vader painting up, and that gets people over to the table, and then they say, hey, if you like Darth Vader, you'll like my comic, which is called... Varth Dater. Varth Dater. <laughs> it's really good. It's about a young slave kid on a desert planet who grows up and becomes space Hitler. You'll yeah. love it. Um well, some people just aren't, uh, they're not storytellers, uh, they're not designers yeah, even. that's they're, true. They're that's just true. illustrators, and someone else has designed the bones, yeah. have built the skeleton, and they just want to, they want to do pretty paintings. Yeah. And, that, and that's cool, but, you know, that's why it only has that certain amount of, you know, depth to it. I think that that's a good point, too, because, but I, I think it's a good point. However, there are so many people that could be making their own stuff and don't because fan art is so much more money. Yeah. Like, it, it really... Like, Nicole sure. and I have to hustle at shows yeah. to make money. And we do, but it would be so much easier if that book had Batman or Deadpool or fucking Catwoman, you name it, and we, yeah. would, we would be making a shit... We, we would make a shitload more money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's also... I, there's also the argument of, like... Oh, fan art is kind of fan art is fun art. Fan art is kind of just practice for like what they really want to do. They're just like mm-hmm. you know the characters, everything's already done, mm-hmm. compositions already done. They're just practicing. But you know that's like almost the same thing as like would you sell like your practice sketches at cons? You know, yeah. like it's would it's you kind of yeah. similar. To I don't really like do that. practice sketches. I just, like every sketch. If anybody's buying, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, from the first stroke. Perfection. It's, it's more just that, like, I've over the course of however long I've been making comics, which is probably longer than I want to admit. Um, I just don't. I don't really do warm up drawings. I don't really get in the headspace. I think <laughs> for me, that stuff is wasted. Like, I want all of those lines to be on the paper that is going to be in the book. I want it raw. More just, it's it's time saver. Yeah, yeah, like if I make a finished <laughs> drawing true. of Captain America as a warm-up drawing, mm-hmm. that's 200, but, 300, 400 lines that's not going to be on the actual page. Mm-hmm. Do you not doodle? Do you not do other sketches like in a sketchbook for fun, things like I that? I do, yeah, mm. I do. But that's usually not when I'm when I sit down to work, I'm working, yeah. and then that's mm-hmm. like I'm out and about and I'm on the train and I literally can't do something, yeah. so I'm going to draw this person over there. Oh, yeah. um, there's also the selfish part of me that's like, all of these sketchbooks are going to be put into art books one day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, just my ego coming out. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I totally get that too. Because um, then there are some pieces where I just get down and I draw, but then some that I really have to, like, have to do the preliminary sketches and then just, like, a bunch of drafts over and over again. Mm-hmm. But the, I've realized that the ones that I do kind of just sit down and then just get it straight into drawing... I've kind of sketched throughout the course of like I guess like my life or something like that mm. where like I'd be like oh I do I did this like little chubby golem dude like over and over again let's turn that into a thing and then that thing gets turned into like you know just like bam illustration or like right, bam right. mini comic or something right. like that hmm. so it comes out in that way too like my doodles become, become other things yeah other yeah. things yeah 
That's that's true. When I'm in the beginning, so you're talking to me now like 250 pages into this book. So no, <laughs> there is no other drawing. It's just working on the book. Yeah, but I'm the same way now. It's just yeah. mo- unless I have a concept for something, yeah. then I'll like okay, I need to jot this down. So in the future, when I want to work on something, what have I already come up with? Right, right. Yeah. It's rarely at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do lots of little, like, <laughs> like notes almost, where, like, I'll be working on a page, and then I'll hear something, or something will occur to me, and I'll draw, like, a little face. A mental tinge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of, like, so, a, oh, right, yeah, dude, guy with horns and seven teeth. Yeah, I'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. And then, inevitably, I'll, like, draw that in another sketchbook and be like, oh, yeah, the, the horn guy with seven yeah, teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not, like, sometimes it's just not so broken down as to, like, say, like, because for me, I went to art school. It's, like, not so broken down where there's a preliminary sketch, then there's the less shittier version of it, and then there's, like, you know, whatever many steps. It's yeah. usually just, like, ran- it's like random shit put together in one. Right, right. And back to Shitty Watchmen, I think a lot of us just drew straight in ink. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, you, you did all yours digitally, right? Uh, yeah, because I didn't want to scat it. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Uh, I, did, I did very loose pencils first. Mm-hmm. But when I say loose, I mean just like sort of sketched out figures. Like guide marks almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there wasn't like, you know... General I didn't, didn't really draw any faces. I didn't really yeah. draw any. Um, I did not have the confidence to go straight to ink. And also, I, I was very. I, I became very interested in like the geometry of the. You know, I mean, I draw, but I feel like primarily I'm probably a designer. So mm-hmm. that seeing how those shapes could play to, and where tangents happened and like where you know like angles yeah like the stuff. figures it, within the context yeah it was really it, and how they would move from panel to panel and like how you could show movement was all that stuff was fascinating so like sitting there with the pencils like and doing sort of like this sort of really loose thing was like really fun and then inking it was even you know okay, which lines are thick where's the mm-hmm. you know how do mm-hmm. I draw these wrinkles yeah. of it, you know, did that, it make you did it make you want to make comics afterwards i mean you do make comics but i mean like were you because you've shown me scripts and stuff before of like your big comic project that you've been kind of like (laughs) you know working on on and off for a while like did after you finished this were you like i'm gonna do this well actually yeah i mean there's there i um whether or not it's related at all to shitty watchmen i had another i had an idea pop into my head that would be smaller more manageable (laughs) than the uh alien invasion thing but i don't know would it be a slice of life comic where you made a shitty comic about making shitty watching? No, 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 no. It's I, I don't even know if I want to get into like the premise. Yeah, of it. no, you don't have to. But just... I just it's, uh, like some images popped into my head, and then a character popped into my head, and then jokes popped into my head, and then I was like, oh shit, okay, that could be cool. Like, starts to write itself, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when yeah. you know. I feel like that's when something's could be something. It's yeah. like when yeah. the, 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 the the question, the answers to questions you didn't even have start popping up. And you're like, oh, right, he's got an ex-wife, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and then... You know, oh, he's and, got yeah. a third nipple, of course. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. it's not, it's very, I mean, it's it's just a very human story. Mm-hmm. Very human story. Anyway, so, yeah. It was good enough that I I, te- I made a sketch and then I texted Nicole. I was like, hey, look what I did. So, <laughs> so, the ghost uh, in all of our podcasts. Nicole. Yeah, no. Well, no, she gave me a, the stamp of approval, so I'm like, all right. Oh, she was like, you should make this comic? Yeah, I was like, moving forward. Good. Nicole approves. Good. Nice. Good. Um, what do we at Aristotle? 
hour 10. I think that sounds great. Where uh, where can people find you guys on the interwebs, my friends? Uh, I guess at Colby Bluth or ColbyBluth.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it'd be like uh, at Emily Vo, E-M-I-L-I-E-E-V-O. And I'm mostly on Instagram. I mean, I do have a Twitter account, but I have nothing much to say. <laughs> uh, so you can find me. My website is uh, chuckkerr.com. It's all my uh, mostly just design stuff. And um, you can find me on Instagram. is just my name, Chuck Kerr. And then I run Meltology, which is the monthly comics uh, zine drawing night here at Meltdown Comics every third Tuesday. Uh, which is how I know pretty much everybody here, except for you, stranger. Yeah, you're, I'm a stranger. You're a new person. <laughs> Don't trust you. I'm a newbie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should come. The next one is um, next oh boy, Tuesday. February 21st. Yeah. And that's high. issue number 30. Damn. Are we going to sell shitty Watchmen's? Huh? Are we going to sell <laughs> shitty Watchmen's at Melthology? Sell them? Yeah. Sure. Fuck yeah. Yeah, bring, do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Dude, I'm going to bring Watchmen's and be like, hey, bros. Hey, bros. You want some watch mams? Yeah. We all made this together. No, it's it's I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think uh That doesn't sound good. No, yeah, it's a siren be, outside. Yeah. Um the what do you call it? Yeah, so 30, 30 we've done it thirty months in a row. This, so crazy. this month. It's kind of insane. It's crazy. Um we have we have had a longer run than some like, you know, DC fifty two comics at this yep. point. Yep. Like, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. For or, real. You know, whatever they call it, the the I don't know. Yeah, the just ragging 52. on DC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, take that, jerks. <laughs> take that, challengers of the unknown. Yeah. No, I the DC's fine. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, if you like to find me, you can find me at heydavebaker.com or on the Shermstagram and Twitter at Hermstagram. The Hermstagram at uh, X Dave Baker X. Oh wait. Oh sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say if you want to, uh, I was gonna say pre-order, but the pre-orders have sold out. So if you want to order a regular. Shitty Watchmen, you can order it on my website, heydavebaker.com, or at our co-publisher's website, proteinpress.com or proteinbooks.com? I believe it's Protein Books, <laughs> I think. I don't know. Aristotle's looking it up. He should know this. I don't know how you don't know this. Is it your website? <laughs> what is it, baby girl? What is it? Nope. We're going to go books. I In think it's me- pre- proteinbooks.com. Before we go, I actually have something for you. For me? Yeah, for you. Oh. That's right. Okay. Papa. Right. Um, so I was in a <laughs> I was in a bookstore in Seattle last oh year. God. Oh. And um, I, they had a sidewalk sale, and those were like a dollar. Oh. And I was like, I'm going to get those. I'm going to give them to Dave. I promptly left them in my friend's car in Seattle. <laughs> and a couple of days ago, I got a package. Oh, nice. He oh, mailed, dude. He mailed them down. So those dude. are for you. The question is, should I open these or not? Don't do it. Actually, one of them's a little open. Which but, one? Uh, I don't know. It's probably like <sighs> that much open. What? So, okay. So Dave's, uh, we're, we're nerding out over um, <laughs> these uh, vintage... Tops, Dick Tracy, Warren. Oh, this, Warren this one's already Bailey. open. This one's already open. This one's already open. I'm it's, open you know, it. act of God. <laughs> uh, trading cards from the movie Dick Tracy. Have we talked about how much I love this movie? Um, we've talked about Dick Tracy in general. Okay. So when I saw them, I oh. immediately like thought of you. Nice. Uh, there's got some really good stuff in there. Oh man. 
These are so rad. Yeah. Hey, his faith restored. <laughs> <laughs> These captions are so good. Oh, man. Flat Top's final stand. Oh, man. I used to impersonate uh, Al Pacino from this movie when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tracy. Even when you were young, you were going places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is so rad. This is the nicest thing someone's given me in a long time. Oh, there you go, buddy. Thanks, buddy. It was a dollar. Fuck so. yeah. These are great. Yeah. Um, word. Well, well, dude, thanks for, I mean, you know, not to, it's not like a thank you gift because right. I literally got them many months ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you put this whole thing together and it's it's like... You know, you make you make things happen. You make cool things happen, and I appreciate that. I mean, I appreciate your kindness, but it's really Colby. Let's be Colby real. too makes cool things well, happen. Well, you got, gathered everybody. Maybe the hardcover, you know, version, but it was, you know, it's just, it just sounded like a good bad idea. <laughs> that's the best thing yeah. you, you can ever do. That's good, how Turtle started. That's shitty right. Watchmen. We're gonna build an empire on <laughs> Shitty Watchmen. Oh man, <laughs> they they like our version. They love pizza and they live in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Heroes in a watch shell. <laughs> All right. Let's call it. Uh, thank you, uh, dear friends, for both working on this book with me and uh, doing this. It's fun. You got it, man. Who, who watches the shitty Watchmen? We do. We, we do, yeah. apparently. Apparently, Patton Oswalt does, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. What's up, Patton? I love you. Z <laughs> Comic at theactionhospital.com. Find me on Instagram at xdavebakerx. Same on Twitter. And uh, come find me on the Facebooks. Just Dave Baker. Uh, if you'd like to find the show, it's at meltcomics.com. Uh, and it's obviously named, it's pronounced Zine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 